Hello and welcome to this summer edition of Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Mann. Today we will rebroadcast an interview with Julie Abernethy. She's a street counselor for Aid to Women. She's made a career out of uh, counseling women and men outside of abortion facilities. We also speak to Archbishop Thomas Collins of Toronto about his new book on Lexio Divina. And we listen to the uh, internationally acclaimed music group Libera and... We also hear music from singer-songwriter Chris Bray. But we begin on the streets with Julie Abernethy. I remember when my wife was pregnant for the first time. The excitement of this new life growing inside of her. The first time we heard the heartbeat, we, we spoke to the baby, we sang to him, we played music. Unfortunately, for many women and men, this is not the case. Some women feel scared to be pregnant. Some feel that they will not be able to care for their baby. And it is these desperate women who seek desperate measures in order to end their pregnancy. Some of them find their way to places like Aid to Women, an organization in Toronto dedicated to helping moms carry their babies to term. And one of the counselors at Aid to Women is Julie Abernethy, who joins us now on the phone. Welcome, Julie. Thank you. So, what exactly do you do at Aid to Women? Um, well, what I do, um, I guess every day or every morning that I'm there, is uh, I'm outside in the street from about 7.30 to 11. And uh, we try, me and the other counselors, we try to um, approach women before they go into the mortuary and uh, try to tell them that there's another option out there. Okay, know, so... Present them with a loving message to choose life. It's kind of the last... Um, lost opportunity for them to hear that message. Okay, you know? l- let, me, let me back up because maybe sure. some <laughs> people didn't get understand and, and because we didn't say it. So Aid to Women is located directly next door to an abortion facility. That's right, that's right. So that makes us actually very unique in, um, yes. in Canada. I think there's maybe one other um, place like us in Canada, but we're certainly very unique. So we do have that opportunity. Um, so people, women who are in that uh, situation you know, where they are feeling pressure, where they are feeling stressed, where they are, um, you know, going through a lot of emotions, they don't know what to do. Um, they think of uh, the abortion is going to solve my problem, so I'm going to go to what is um, the Cabbage Town Clinic, that's where we're located yes. beside, and, um, you know, they're, they're, going, they're going to this clinic thinking this will, this will solve the problem. So we try to be outside um, to tell them, to, to say to them, you know, there is another option out there. Um, this is, won't solve your problem. It may give you some relief temporarily, but there are so many other problems. Right. Um, we've seen women, you know, women who come to us after they've had an abortion, um, and they want to help out and tell a woman, you know, that's not that's not the solution. You know right. how it how it kind of ruined their lives. So we're there for the child, of course. We want that child to be born. It's a beautiful blessing, you know, having a newborn in their arms. It's a beautiful blessing, um, but also for the woman because they suffer after, you know. And right. so we're there for them. Um, when they go in to give them that message of love and life. And then when they come out, um, we're also there to, to provide you know, a little bit of information and some, some healing. They, you know, these are places you can go to find healing, try and bring them back to God, because um, that's the place where they, they, need to, you know, they need to come back. They need that spiritual um, healing. Right. Now, in, in, in the, it's, it's, it's just mind-boggling. I cannot imagine what it would be like to be on the street, kind of actually doing what you do. So what, what would you say is the biggest challenge in the work that you do? biggest challenge um i think it's it's a spiritual spiritual battle and so to always make sure that uh, we we pray a half hour before we come um just stay in in the the 
state of grace and just to pray when we're there and to, you know, there are people who are very happy to see us and thank us. And then there are people who, you know, yell at us and, and reject, you know, the message that we have. Um, from You know, they are filled with a little bit of hate and anger. And to kind right. of just let that go and say, you know what, I give that to God. And uh, he's doing whatever he can through me, and I'm just here as his instrument. So to kind of keep that humility um, about us, I think that's that's the biggest challenge for me anyway. Okay, now just to note for anyone that might be tuning in at this time, you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. I'm your host, Pedro Guevara Man. We're speaking with Julie Abernethy, who's a street counselor at Aid to Women, a crisis pregnancy center, uh, counseling center in Toronto. Now, um, because you're next door to the abortion facility, a lot of women or men even, might go in up to aid to women by mistake? I've heard that that happens. Yes, yeah, that happens. It definitely does. Um, and I don't like to call it a mistake. <laughs> I course. call it a you know, little act of God to, to use, you know, trying to give them that grace um, with one more chance. And, you know, then we do get a chance to speak, sometimes not very, very for very long. Sometimes they're very angry they've come to the wrong place. Right. Um, but then we do sometimes get a chance to speak to them a little bit before they go in. Right, um, which is very important. At least for us, at least they they have the information. They know the help that's out there, um, and some of them won't change their mind. But maybe you know, for the next time, most women who've had an abortion will have another one. Right. So at least then, for the next time, they'll they'll have that. They'll know where they can go to get help. What experiences have you had with with men? Because it's quite often that the women will go in and the or the guys will bring them, drop them off, but they won't go inside and yeah, they'll wait that's, outside. Yeah, that's right. The um. Um, I'll tell you actually two two stories. One is a uh, there was um, a man just uh, about two weeks ago who came. He brought his wife. They're immigrants, and he said, you know, we've spoken to him outside, and he came up to to be with us. And he um, they actually had a, a one year old, one and a half year old. Hmm. No, actually, it was, he was, maybe he was two. And um, and you know, we spoke to him, and we told him all the things about you know the help that's out there, and, and what an abortion is, what it does to the woman. And he said to us after, he said, wow, I, I wish I'd spoken to you before I'd come. And I wish everyone had to do that. Why didn't you know someone tell us that there was a place like you? Why don't people have to come see you before they go to, to have the abortion? You know? right. So we can speak to these men. And you know, later on, now he, can pass, he said, I'll pass that message on and tell people about you. Um, you know, and now I know how to do how also to help my wife as she's going through these struggles, you know, where she can go. Right. Um, but I'll tell you the status story was, uh, you know, not to give too much information. We don't like to give a lot of information yes. for specific people. But there was one man, you know, uh, a little while ago who, who flew all the way from Thunder Bay just to, to stop his, his girlfriend from having an abortion. He didn't even know what clinic she was at wow. or what time her appointment was. He spent all his rent money to um, to fly. And, and so we had a chance to talk to him as well. Right. Now, do you get any financial support from the government? <laughs> You know, people have asked us that, and every time I just kind of laugh, um, only because the, um, I mean, the government is, is gives, you know, what is it, $50 million or something like that to uh, abortuaries, the abortion industry in Canada, so they don't really like us, I don't think, as much, <laughs> um, because we are, you know, taking away from that, uh, from, from the um, abortions that are happening, so, no, we don't get any money from, from the government. So, um, so the government, so my tax dollars are funding the abortion facility, but none of that money goes to uh, alternatives to choice. Right. <laughs> to give right. them choice. So okay. we do, we do get a summer intern. We have applied for that, and and I mean that's that's one of the things that, that um, the government has given us. But as far as monetary aid and things like that, no. Interesting. So that's why you're having this fundraiser then. 
Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Did you like my there segue? Yeah, that was pretty good. So now, to my knowledge, th is this the first fundraiser that you that Aid to Women has ever done? To th no. Like this one? No, well, like this one perhaps, but there was a fundraiser uh, maybe two years ago, not quite two years ago, at the Newman Center. Okay. Um, and I'm not sure about about other times. Um, right. Fundraisers. But certainly, I mean, the, we've been around for 22 years and not wow. many people know about Aid to no. Women. So we are trying to get the word out there, and um, that's why we're having the fundraiser. Yeah, no, and it's good, and it's 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 good that it's uh, kind of a little more of a secular event. Can you tell us? We got about thirty seconds. Can you tell us in thirty seconds, kind of the the, the I capsule of what the event is going to be like? Sure. So, well, it's actually at the Elmo Combo. Yeah. Um, it's a which is a music venue, so we're focusing kind of on that. We have um, some great musicians, acoustic music musicians, um, Joe Zambon, Joe Zambon, Zambon yeah. and and uh, Blaise Elaine. And um, they're just going to be playing some, some great other Christian music or just acoustic music, some Christmas things. Yeah. Um, there'll be an auction, raffle, those kinds of things to help us um, out, out, to help these women. Mm. And, um, yeah, so it's going to be a great event. It starts at 7.30. It's on December 8th, which is, a, we picked that day for the Immaculate Conception. You Absolutely. Know, right before Christmas, you yeah. know, Advent and things like that. So it all ties in with the sanctity okay. of life. Okay, great. So uh, oh. tickets, $10? $10 in advance at Aid to Women. Um, you can get to pick them up at Aid to Women or $15 at the door. Okay, so. excellent. Julie, that's all the time we have, but thank you so much for sharing a little bit about what you do, and you're thank doing you great work, you. and I know it's difficult, but keep at it, okay? Perfect. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Keep us in your prayers. Thank you. We will. Okay. That was Julie Abernethy. She's a counselor at Aid to Women, a crisis pregnancy, pregnancy center in Toronto. You can find out more about them at aidtowomen.ca. We're going to put that link on our website as well. And here now is our featured group of the week, Libra with Sanctus.
That was Libera with their song Sanctus. Now, since we've already heard a couple of songs, I don't need to tell you that when people say that the Libera sound is the sound of angels, they're onto something. The internationally acclaimed British boys' choir is known for their many TV appearances in the UK and the US, as well as many performances, including one at the Kennedy Center Honors. Now, this performance was followed by their participation at the Papal Mass with Pope Benedict XVI at Yankee Stadium during his visit to the United States. Libera now... Libra is now on their first Canadian tour, and so I'm happy to say that the group's director, Robert Preisman, is uh, joining me now on the phone on Salt and Light Radio. Robert, welcome to Salt and Light Radio. Thanks very much, yes. So congratulations. I, I, I first heard about Libra maybe three or four years ago, and I, I've, I've, it's, you're doing an amazing, <laughs> amazing work. Well, right? that's very kind of you. We just kind of do what we do, really, and it's really wonderful to have it received so warmly, really, across so many different countries. So can you just give us a little bit of history? How long has the group been um, in existence? It was about 10 years since we first did a Libera album, and the sort of whole concept evolved around then. Um, and then it's kind of gone on from there, really. And so we're on about our seventh or eighth album now and lots of different sub-releases and things and Uh many different videos and various other sort of concert tours and things all over the world. It certainly didn't start at that size of activity, but it's sort of grown really despite kind of uh, any a particular effort to uh, kind of make it a big marketing exercise. I mean, obviously, we've got a, 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 a very supportive record company, but um, yeah. it, it's kind of happened on its own accord to some extent. Yeah. So, and you've been involved since the beginning? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. It, it seemed to be a good idea, a good way to go, really. And I, I think maybe some of the music you've heard in a way kind of typifies it, really, so that some of the music is very original yeah. and it's stuff that we put together ourselves. And it's sort of influenced quite a lot of it by the sort of ancient plain song and so forth. And some of it is based on perhaps a classical, well-known piece that happens to work really well vocally. So something like uh, the Sanctus, I think you might have heard, yes. which is based on on the famous a canon by Packerbell. Um, so it's our own sort of twist on that. But always with the voices kind of leading. We didn't sort of just think, oh, well, let's get some uh, choir boys together and stick some beats down and, um, you know, market something uh, as uh, choir boys yeah. and hip or something. You know, it was right. never intended for that kind of thing. It was no. meant to be its own sound. No, you're right. And it is it is their own sound. It's very unique. Now, so how does it work? I mean, obviously, the children that were singing 10 years ago are not singing today. No, although some of them are still singing with the uh, sort of broader manifestation of the group because okay. at home in the UK we do lots of things with a, the larger group um, okay. as well and uh, that would involve some of the older ones. So we don't, there isn't a kind of point at which we say, well, your voice has gone low now so we don't want to see you anymore. That absolutely doesn't happen. And quite a lot of them are still involved with the group anyhow on the staff and they may be writing the music. Okay. Some of them help write. Some of them you know, help with the technicality. So there's a larger liberal community. And all that kind of stuff so it's it's quite a big family really um so uh-huh. no you're right it isn't the same people but uh, it's a sort of development and a okay. constant evolution so you're auditioning for 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 spots 
all the time? Um, well, every year, really, we have to recruit a certain number of new, talented young ones. So they're uh-huh. going to be about seven or eight, um, and some of them won't have sung before at all, really, or indeed even thought about doing anything like it. Wow. Um, they don't come to us, you know, as sort of already fully produced choristers with their audition pieces or anything, yeah. uh, because they'd be too be too old by that stage. Right. Uh, it's that you know, if anything makes the group work really well, both in terms of music but also in terms of teamwork, it is their homogeneity really that you get from them having grown up together right so are you looking for singers who already you know i mean obviously they're talented and they have the voices or is there some some schooling education that goes with it training to help well them no because they're too voices? young really what you're looking for is a kind of musical intelligence and uh, uh-huh. hopefully a sort of brain and attitude that, that will make it uh, good for what we do with libera i mean that you can hopefully more or less teach anyone to sing adequately um but in the time that we have given that you know they have to really be out performing with us well this time we've got three boys who are nine so they're actually out with us in Canada now mm-hmm. they joined us only a couple of years ago so you've got a very short amount of time to do it in so you need to have a degree of a natural aptitude really to have a chance Right. Okay, now just a, a note for anyone tuning in at this time. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio. I'm your host, Pedro Guevara. Man, we're speaking with Robert Preisman. He's the director of the group Libera. Now, um, can you tell us a little bit about maybe some of the highlights of the work that you've done? Because you've, you've done a lot. But what have, what have been, I know the, the Mass with Pope Benedict was probably right up there, but any other highlights? Oh, wow, yes, that was an extraordinary extraordinary occasion that was really and it all sort of came about a bit at the last minute really and uh, rather wonderful that uh, we were able to uh, sing that yeah um, uh, I, I think there's so many different moments really and I think if you work with a group like ours the moments can be large as well as small and you could name moments like that or something like the St. Louis Basilica where we, we performed last year you know to a packed uh, audience or mm-hmm. you know wonderful very unique places like the Crystal Cathedral in Los Angeles and so forth. Um, but equally, you know, it might be some very quiet little singing that we do, uh, you know, perhaps one evening when there aren't that many people there and, um, you know, some, something very memorable about it. Or it might be, you know, just a journey and the, and the, the sort of teamwork and the general sort of uh, friendship that uh, the, the Libra uh, is, really. Yeah, yeah. Now, as, as director, I guess you're also a little bit of a of a father figure, mentor, how much of this experience for the, for the boys is it, I mean, it's not just let's get out there and sing and, and you know, or make recordings, but how much of it is it a, is it a, a life education or, or maybe even a spiritual education? Well, I think it, it probably is to a greater or lesser extent all of those things, um, but you can't really tell in each case what it will be and for some of them it really will be something that might you know it sounds rather dramatic but it might change their life for others it might be just something that they did and they really enjoyed and for a short time and they never really did it again Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I think that lots of different sort of seeds are sown by the group they may be musical they might be spiritual um they they might be to do with teamwork and self discipline and friendship and you know, all, all manner of different levels on which it, it might work. But to actually kind of set out and say, well, this is what we want to do for every child, right. would, would you'd be a bit of a dream, really, to, to be able to predict exactly <laughs> how good Absolutely. it might. I hope it's always a positive thing for everyone, of course. <laughs> yeah, uh, But of you course. can't really tell. Yeah. Okay, so you're in Canada now for the first time. 
touring in Ontario. Yes, absolutely. Um, um, uh, how come? How come it's taking you ten years to come to Canada? No, I'm just putting you. <laughs> well, on the, the whole thing with the touring is, of course, it needs so many things to come together because it's so. I'm sorry to you know besmirch the conversation really with money, but I mean the, the thing well, is, it costs no, so much to, so true. to travel that many people and across you have 40, the world. There's forty you know, boys, the airfares and all that kind of stuff, and the parents can't. They don't pay. You know, you can't expect the parents to be paying. No, you know, every thousand pounds or something every time we go on tour. Yeah, um, they'd be a bit short of money by now. Um, <laughs> so it's quite difficult. So you have to have all the opportunities for for the the, the promotion and the, the the appearances to come into place. Um, but you are right in one way because the reception we've so far had and we've only been here a short time but certainly in terms of mm -hmm. ticket sales and so forth have been, it's been so terrific um, that you know we really ought to have been here before and certainly ought to come again well hopefully you'll come back again I do understand that you, you the support that you're getting in, is obviously not from the audiences but also from a lot of sponsorship like you said you have to raise funds to pay for airfares and some of the other costs so you're getting a lot of support from local organizations yeah, it's, it's going very well and people have been very good about that and of yeah. course obviously we're always very grateful for any new help that we can have uh, because it is always a struggle I'm afraid um, but yeah. you know, we, want, we want to keep trying to bring the music to, to audiences live first hand you know not just uh, from yes. CDs Yes, well, you're doing, like I said, an excellent job. Um, a reminder, there are five more performances taking place uh, in Ontario. There's April 17th in Toronto, April 18th in Kitchener. Yes, that's right. Yes. April 19th in Chatham. Yep. The 22nd of April in Hamilton and the 24th in Guelph. Yep, that's right. So those are all taking place. People can find out uh, more information at your website, Libra. Yes, absolutely. Libra.org.uk. Yep. So they can find uh, information specific to the tour, but also general information on the group Indeed, or uh, yes. how to purchase the albums or anything that you... That, that, that they might want. So, uh, Robert, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you so much. Thank um, you. Congratulations again. And uh, I'm actually looking forward to uh, being at one of the concerts. Oh, I'm glad to see you. Here now is Libra with their song Wings of a Dove from their Visions album.
Visit the magnificent Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris. Walk in the footsteps of St. Bernadette in Navarre. Experience Perret le Monial through the Chapel of the Visitation and the Basilica of the Sacred Heart. And enjoy the famous food and wine of the region. Hello, bienvenue, welcome to Blessed Journeys France. As a friend of Salt and Light, take advantage of this trip that's been especially planned for you. Your participation will support the work of the Salt and Light Catholic Media Foundation. For further details, including a full itinerary, sign-up sheet, and more, visit saltandlighttv.org slash blessedjourneys or call us at 1-888-302-7181. Bon voyage. As many of you know, Toronto's Archbishop Thomas Collins is a great fan of the tradition of praying with scriptures. His new book, Pathway to Our Hearts, a simple approach to Lectio Divina with the Sermon on the Mount offers an accessible approach to and a fresh perspective on this ancient practice. Recently, I had the opportunity to speak with Archbishop Collins. Archbishop Thomas Collins, Your Grace, welcome to Salt and Light Radio. Thank you. Um, just, it seems to me that one of the first things you did when you arrived in Toronto was start the Lexio series. I know that that's not entirely true, but it seems that way. Why was Lexio Divina so important to you? Well, I've been uh, doing this for many years when I was Archbishop of Edmonton. I began actually around the year 2000 because I thought that it's very important for a bishop to speak of the Word of God. Uh, in the ordination of a bishop, uh, just uh, after the imposition of hands, when they pray the, the prayer of consecration, the two deacons hold the book of the Gospels over the head of the bishop. And uh, one person once said that it's as if the bishop is to go out from under kind of a roof of the Word of God and to, to go from there to do the ministry of, of being a bishop. And so I think that's uh, something very central to, to my own mission, and particularly since before I became a bishop, uh, my own bishop, Bishop Redding, sent me to, uh, to study the sacred scriptures. So for that reason, too, I think it's the thing that I, I very much love and I want to, want to be involved in. Right. So for people who have no idea what Lectio Divina is, what's a, a good description? Well, Lectio Divina means divine reading, and it's a very ancient tradition within the church. It's done in different ways, but I think the, the central thing about it is that it is not the, uh, the study of the Bible, it is rather praying the Bible. Mm -hmm. And any kind of a way in which we encounter the Word of God in a prayerful spirit is a type of Lectio Divina. And so what it involves very much down through time is usually a private praying of the scriptures. And that's in many ways the most important Lectio Divina for people to pray the Word of God every day on their own just with a Bible. Mm -hmm. um, but it can be done in a public way. And that's what I do on uh, the first Sunday of every month in the cathedral from September to June. Right. Now, um, I'm sure that when you started doing Lexio, you didn't set out to write a book. No, that's true. <laughs> so uh, how did the book come about? Well, what happens, uh, even when I was in Edmonton, we had the recordings of the Lectio Divina that were used in different ways. In fact, people would make these DVDs and, and uh, would send it out to parishes. And uh, the, the week later, people would sit around the TV set and listen to the word, see the thing, and then have the silent time for meditation. And in, in Toronto, uh, we've had, of course, Salt and Light has televised it so that it could be on the Salt and Light Network but also so that it is on YouTube and uh, we have it available through our, our website. So there is in fact a, a kind of a transcript or there's the recordings of the Lectio Divina that's done every year. Mm -hmm. 
And so this, what this is, is basically the year 2007-2008, from September to June of that, uh, that period, and it's on the Sermon on the Mount. So what happened basically was this, the texts that were recorded were uh, transcribed, and they form nine of the ten chapters of the book. The first chapter is an essay that I wrote describing Lectio Divina. Right. Um, why Pathway to Our Hearts? Well, there's a, a, an ancient uh, saying of one of the fathers of the church that I refer to in the introductory essay, uh, Origen, one of the great uh, spiritual leaders and writers. And he, he says, he had this wonderful line in one of his sermons, where he says that we need to let the Word of God come into our hearts. We need to build a kind of a pathway to our hearts, make straight the way of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And we do that through leading a repentant life. And so that uh, idea of pathway to our hearts is really what, that's where the title comes from. Right. So, so this book is based on the first session that you did in Toronto. Uh, that's right, yes. And mm -hmm. you had picked the Sermon on the Mount for that first session. So mm -hmm. why was it important to start with the Sermon on the Mount? Well, I think that uh, of all the, all the scripture, of course, is the Word of God. But the, the Sermon on the Mount is what our Lord gave us, uh, we, which we, we have in the Gospel of Matthew, as kind of the, the map for our life. Uh, it's at the very beginning of the first of his discourses in the, uh, the Gospel of Matthew where he really lays it out in chapter 5 to 7 of the Gospel, uh, how we are to live our lives. So I think that's a good thing to meditate upon. And so what I basically did, as always with the Lectio, I you know, took the Sermon on the Mount, which breaks itself easily into you know, 9 or 10 sections of about 15 verses each. Uh, and that was the uh, topic for that year. Other years, uh, I've used other things, sometimes 10 parables or 10 psalms. Uh, this year, the first chapter is the book of Revelation, the Apocalypse, and now the, the rest of the year is on the letter of James. Right. Um, I, I want to get into how you personally prepare for Lexio, mm -hmm. but maybe a question before that. So in terms of how you choose the scripture passages that you're going to do, is does that also come out of a... a I guess a prayerful reflection? Well, I usually pray and reflect upon that and I sometimes ask suggestions too of people, what oh, would you like to do? Right. Uh, this year, it's interesting, I've never done a full book of the Bible but the letter of James. We're going to go from start to finish. Now because I'm going to be having to cancel the May uh, lecture because I'm going to be in Rome for the beatification of Pope uh, John Paul, mm -hmm. I've taken those 17 verses and sort of squished them to the side too. So I'm going to try to be sure I finish it completely. But uh, I, I just simply pray about, reflect upon what would be a good uh, thing that can be done in basically 10 sessions. Sometimes I've had to cancel one for various reasons, mm -hmm. so it may be 9 or 10 months. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it, there are all kinds of things that have been used. One, one year I used the, the five um, luminous mysteries of the rosary, um, the passages in Scripture that refer to them. Um, some, you could do other things like that. How do you, for the public lecture mm -hmm. that you do, how, what's sort of the, the preparation process that you go through? Well, I read the scriptures very thoroughly before, but I don't prepare the way I would prepare a class. Mm. If I do that, it will turn into a class, and it's not a class. It's not exegesis. It's an experience of prayer. So what I usually do is throughout the week, I read the passage uh, and reflect upon it, uh, do a little study of it, but mostly the main preparation is about a half an hour before. I just mm. spend a little time in prayer before our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament and just reflect upon it. Uh, and just say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And then, um, then we go into the half an hour session of uh, period of uh, evening prayer. 
Uh, and then after I take the vestments off, I just come out and just uh, in, in Lectio, what we do is, at least in this particular way of doing it, make the sign of the cross and then go into a prepare, preparation period, much like what Origen was talking about. Mm -hmm. Let there be a pathway to our heart. So, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner, to ask God's forgiveness for our sins, and then speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So then you just launch into it and read the passage, the whole passage slowly, then a verse, a little reflection or two, mm -hmm. and then a little silence, and then another verse, all the way through until we read it again at the end, and then the Our Father, Hail Mary, Glory Be, and the sign of the cross. So that's kind of the way it's done in this particular form, but there are many ways of doing Lectio Divina. When you do it privately, is it very similar, essentially? Oh yeah, exactly. This is, uh, this is simply turning up the volume. You know? <laughs> so I just, I just um, you know, talk. Yeah. And, but it's really just what I would be doing if, I, if, I, if no one else were around except uh, I have a microphone on and lights and cameras and a little place I stand on the floor so I don't go <laughs> wrong. No. So it's very natural. It's very natural, you know. I just, it's like when people take you know, photographs. It looks very natural as they tilt you around. Yeah, exactly, forms. exactly. Smile. Um, so this book, I mean, obviously reading this book is not actively doing Lexio. So how right. can this book be used by people? Well, this is actually a, a kind of a transcript on paper of the experience of a public Lectio Divina. Mm -hmm. uh, and so what could be done, a person I would recommend, uh, uh, they would just simply read a chapter at a time, uh, get a quiet place of prayer, say the, make the sign of the cross, just quiet their heart a little bit, and then uh, read the passage. That's the most important thing, read, which is printed there. Mm -hmm. Read the whole passage slowly and ask, what does it say to my head, to my heart, and to my hands? to know, to love, and to serve God. And then if they find it helpful, they might want to read the next little section, which is my just a transcript of what I said during an, one mm -hmm. in the church. And then there's a little, little diamond-shaped thing. It's silence. So just spend, uh, just shut the book and think and pray and reflect upon that passage. Um, and then read the next little verse and just keep doing it. And then the main thing, of course, is that I would hope that on the other days of the month, people at home do this with some other piece of scripture. Right. Maybe the mass readings of the day. Uh -huh. That's what I usually do too, is the mass readings. Um, or something else. Um, and so this is partly a thing in itself, but it's also partly an effort to help people do this on their own. Right, right. So whether people are actually doing quote-unquote Lexio Divina, as long as they're praying the scriptures is what you would hope. That's what I would hope, and that really is divine reading. When, when you pray the scriptures, when you approach the Word of God, not as something to be mastered, but as the Word of God that masters us. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens uh, when we say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening, and be attentive to his word, and then do that. And it, you could do it for uh, 10 minutes, you can do it for an hour, you can do it uh, in different ways. And that's why the great thing about Lectio Divina is it's not like a required uh, like template that you must follow. Mm -hmm. This is one way of doing it. But the, the thing that is required, that is the heart of it, it is to pray the Word of God. Well, thank you very much, Archbishop Collins. It's, been, it, it's great. I have my own copy. I'll have it signed by you very soon. Um, and I'm looking forward to, uh, to praying the Scriptures with your guidance. Thank you so much. Thanks, Petra. That was a conversation I had with uh, Toronto's Archbishop Thomas Collins at a book signing for his new book, Pathway to Our Hearts, on the fifth floor resource library of the Catholic Pastoral Centre in Toronto. Pathway to Our Hearts is published by Ave Maria Press and is available in Canada through Joseph Inspirational and at Pauline Books and Media. Here now is Chris Bray with Here I Am, Lord. I the Lord 
out of sea and sky. I have heard my people cry. All who dwell in dark and sin, my hand will save. I who made the stars of night, I will make their darkness bright. Who will bear my light to them? Whom shall I send? Here I am, Lord. Is Give them hope.
That was our featured artist of the week, Chris Bray, with Here I Am, Lord, from his newest album. Uh, and I'm happy to say that these songs are fresh out of the oven. They are being heard on Salt and Life Radio first, and that's very cool. Now, those of you who've been with us for the last couple of years are familiar with Chris Bray. He's a very, I was going to say very young. He is young, not very young. He's very talented. He's a young, talented, faithful singer-songwriter from Southern Ontario. He was on our show after winning the 2010 Unity Award for Praise and Worship Album of the Year and for New Artist of the Year. He was also on our show in 2009 after receiving the Covenant Award for New Artist of the Year. He's been nominated for Covenant Awards four times. His songs, Finally Let Go and Called, have been number one on the Christian charts. And today, uh, Chris was busy doing music for the youth track at the Lift Jesus Higher Rally in Toronto. And of course, his new album, Let Hope Arise, just dropped yesterday. And we got Chris Bray on the phone. Chris, welcome back to Salt and Light Radio. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. I was trying to remember the last time we spoke, we were in Calgary. That's correct, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the Unity Award. So, what was that experience like for you? It was awesome. I absolutely love going to that kind of stuff because it's such. Um, an inspiration for me as a as a person and you know as as somebody who's in ministry and as an artist being able to see other people out there doing the same thing and yeah. um just getting the encouragement and just being part of that community it's so uplifting and and it's and it was an honor to to uh, take part as well in that celebration yeah it's important I, I for me the most important thing of that event was was the coming together that 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 everybody's doing their own thing and sometimes you might feel isolated but it's great to come together yes we got to do that more often. Yeah, we should, eh? Um, you've been really busy since then. It has been busy, but it's it's a good busy. So um, had you already started recording the new album at at that time? That was that was August. We were just preparing it. Um, okay. I think I was finishing up some last minute songwriting, which every artist always ends yeah. up doing at that time, <laughs> that period of time. Um, and I was just getting ready to go to the studio and start recording. Okay, so so yeah. then that's pretty much the, the the main thing you've been doing since August. Yeah, it's well, I mean, between that and uh, and just you know the ministry work as well that I've been doing, just concerts and worship events and all that sort of stuff. Right. Um, the the fall was uh, was a busy season for me, but it was good. I got to meet a lot of people and uh, just got to see God working um, and just me being a part of that, which was, was really humbling and, and really a neat experience. So, right. Cool. And, and you have quite a busy schedule coming up, too. I, I, d I saw that you're going to be opening for Point of Grace in Tennessee. That's like... That's right. That's, yep. What's up with that? Um, that was just uh, an opportunity that came up with, um, with that my management team had, um, had been working on for me, and, uh, and it just just fit with my schedule and with everything else and and obviously like it's you know point of grace and um it's just uh, one of those things that yeah absolutely would love to do it and um yeah. so we're excited we're we're going i'm excited to meet them and uh and just be part of that event Should yeah be great. I, hate, I, I hate kind of to bring this up but because there's this thing between catholics and 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 christian christian contemporary music and stuff but do you feel that you are you're accepted in that community um is it fair for me to say that it's funny, like there's there's definitely the stereotype that um, that people stumble over a lot, and yeah. it goes both ways. But um, I find that people, 
especially if they haven't really heard of me before, they don't really necessarily know that I'm Catholic because I don't fit into the stereotype of, you know, <laughs> like you just go to church on Sunday and sing old hymns. Sing songs and to Mary. Exactly. Yeah, worship Mary, right? And yeah, uh, yeah. All, all of the stuff that people people assume about um, the Catholic denomination. And um, and then it, what's interesting is that creates an opportunity for me to be able to share my faith and why I believe uh, certain things and why I follow the teachings of the Catholic Church. And, and it's um, it's really neat to be able to have that discussion. And, yeah. and a lot of times, the people that I'm speaking with um, kind of, I feel like they kind of walk away with a new perception. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of neat. It is good. It's a great opportunity. And so you've, you've joined the ranks of Matt Marr, and uh, Janelle, who've who've also kind of walked in the in in the same uh, in the same, I guess the same uh, path. Um, just a note for anyone that might be joining the program at this time: you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. I'm your host Pedro. We're speaking with our featured artist of the week, Chris Bray, who has a new album, um, "Let Hope Arise." So, um, tell us a bit about the album. What can people expect? This album is. Um is, I'm a little biased, but I think it's really cool. I'm really <laughs> excited about these songs because yeah. um, the worship album for me was a turning point spiritually and, yeah. and as a musician. Um, but this album is really focused on, like, I, I wanted to put some some songs that, that people could sing, congregations can sing and worship mm-hmm. and, you know, use liturgically. And then I also wanted to put some songs on here that just kind of shared a little bit about you know where where I came from and some struggles that I've had with uh, with my faith and and there's also I did a cover of Here I Am Lord, um, which has sort of been a like one of those traditional hymns of mine that's been a favorite in in yeah. recent years and um, so there's um, I don't know it's just a it's a neat collection of songs that um, I I think there's going to be definitely at least one song on the album for everyone. Yeah, that's great. We actually just heard "Here I Am, Lord," so that's that's pretty cool. Um, so the the title "Let Hope Arise" is there a particular significance to that in terms of giving people hope? Or well, uh, that that comes from that's a song lyric from one of the songs on the album, right. which is "Hope Arise," and um, and that's a neat story because I I was looking for people to, to write with, and I was kind of bored one night, which doesn't happen very often. My wife was out, and the kids were yeah. sleeping, and yeah. and I thought, hey, you know what? Let's post on uh, on Facebook and Twitter. Let's see if you know anyone wants to write with me, write a song tonight. And this this guy, his name's Alan Keene, replied to me, and he said, yeah, let's write a song together. And, and nice. we started writing this song. And, and like, I've never met the guy. He's from, you know, way down in, in Nashville, actually. And, um, and we just started working on this tune, and, and it kind of developed, and we crafted it into something. And it just is this, um, it's hope arise. It's, it's you know, we, we put our trust in the Lord, and, um, and, and our, our hope rises up to Him, and, and, uh, and we're just fulfilled. Nice. And, and we have this, this sense of peace, and, and that's what the tune's about. And it's just really kind of a neat story. Um, yeah, it is. How it all came about. Now, yeah. I know you also posted you were looking for someone to help you design the cover of the album. Did you find someone? Well, what I was looking for was, uh, like, I, I, I really wanted to involve people in, because this album, like, as much as it is for me, like, I, I wanted it to be useful for other people, and I wanted people to be a part of it, because I would, you know, I'll, at the end of the day, I'm putting it out there as a, as a resource for people to draw closer to God, yeah. and so I wanted to include people as much as possible, so getting them to, to help me pick, you know, what do you think is the best cover, or, you know, should it be 
cardboard or plastic manufacturing or all those uh, different right. aspects of it. I, I, and the response that I got was just, uh, it was great just to hear from people what they thought and, um, and getting their feedback on it. And, and it's uh, great how the, they were able to be involved in kind of every step of the process. So plastic or cardboard, what did you go with? <laughs> wow, we debated on that one, but it's plastic. Yeah. Oh, interesting. We'll we'll, yeah. have, we'll have you back. I don't on. know if we I don't know if we have time to get into I'll, that. Discussion. I'll call you back when we do the green show, and we can have that conversation. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you have I I mean, we don't have a lot of time left, but we talked a little bit about your busy schedule. There's this concert in Tennessee. I know you have a whole bunch of uh, other uh, uh, events coming up in all over southern Ontario. People can find that out at your website. But I'm yep. intrigued about the the uh, Life uh, 100.3 kind of concerts that you're doing. So this is a Christian radio station in in Southern Ontario. Tell us a bit about that, uh, that, uh, I guess, part uh, collaboration. Yeah, well, Life 100.3 has been a huge support of my music um, ever since the very beginning, my first song that I sent out to radio. And um, I worked with them on on a lot of different things in the past, and um, they are actually putting together a small concert series, this July, and they're bringing in a lot of different worship artists and putting on some events, um, just in, uh, worship concerts, mm-hmm. and um, and I'm happy to be a part of that and be able to participate and um, and just you know it's there's there's so many great Canadian worship artists um, that have such great songs, but you know it, it we're flooded with new music day in and day out, and and sometimes it's hard to find the you know, the, the great uh, local artists, you know, and, and, and that what I'm excited about is that there's, you know, obviously I'm part of this event, but there's so many other great artists too. And, yeah, so um, another, and we get to share our songs and worship God and, you know, yeah, how can that, that be a bad thing? Exactly, another opportunity to come together. Chris, uh, yeah. I'm going to try to make it out to some of those events because they're not far away from my home, so that, that'll be cool. Um, awesome. Thank you. Thank you for talking to us and for sharing your music, for letting us uh, play it first off. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Not a problem. So that was Chris Bray, our featured artist of the week. For more information uh, about Chris or to find out how to get his new album, Let Hope Arise, or to book Chris for an event, go to his website, chrisbraymusic.com. We're going to put a link uh, on our site as well. Check it out. Um, like I said, Chris is really busy with events coming up all over southern Ontario, and then that, then there's that concert down in Tennessee. So if you're listening to us and you're in Tennessee and you want to check him out, it's uh, the Point of Grace concert. Um, here now is Chris Bray with another song from his new album. The song is titled More Each Day. And that's all for this week's summer edition of Salt and Light Radio. Remember, you can stream or podcast this show at saltandlighttd.org slash radio. You can also write to us. We love your emails. Radio at saltandlighttd.org. I'll talk to you next week. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and this has been the summer edition of Salt and Light Radio. Savior come Faithful and true Drawing us closer Don't let your kingdom come Here on earth you Open the eyes of blind You're the healer of all mankind Every day I'll sing
Praise you more and more and more each day. 